From our family to your family, this is A Legacy of Faith, the podcast. Welcome to A Legacy of Faith, the podcast designed to help your family survive the day, plan for tomorrow, and always keep an eye on eternity. And we're continuing the month of April, we're continuing to look at what an Ephesians home looks like. We hope you're enjoying these programs. We introduced the book of Ephesians at the beginning of the month, and then we talked about wives submitting to husbands, and last week we talked about husbands loving their wives, and this week... We get to the kids, but it's good to be back with my wife, Leah. Leah, welcome back to the program. Thank you. And this is going to be our last program on Ephesians. There is a fifth Thursday this month. We decided four of these was probably enough instead of hammering hammering them back or taking a week to review or something. But this is one of the those we said last week, hopefully a little bit fun. We're going to keep it to about, oh, 10 or 15 minutes. But this one should be fun because, well, we get to talk about kids. And kids are... How about interesting? That's one way of putting it. It is one way. It's an interesting way of putting it, I hope. As we've done each week as we've gone through these passages from Ephesians, we want to take just a moment to read uh, the verses that Paul wrote. This is Ephesians 6, and we'll start reading in verse 1. And I'm actually going to read through verse 4, even though verse 4 talks about fathers, and I'll explain why when we get uh, to the last few minutes of the podcast. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's a very short passage and one that's pretty straightforward. But there are a couple of things there we want to spend a few moments talking about as we think again about what an Ephesians home looks like. And Lee, I think the key, as we tried to point out each time, and we talked about Wives you know, submitting to husbands in the Lord or in reverence to the Lord, and husbands loving wives as Christ loved the church. I think in many ways the key phrase, this part about children, is right there at the beginning. Children obey your parents in the Lord. That's always the emphasis of these relationships. Now, when you hear that, though, what does that mean? Does that mean that they are being more Christ-like when they obey their parents? Or does that mean they're only supposed to obey their parents when their parents are telling them to do church stuff? I mean, I, I don't consider myself an expert or anything, but um, at least I've always heard people explain that as when your parents are telling you to do something, you obey it as long as it's not contradicting God's law. Yeah, that's why I've always heard it too, is, is as long as it's within the will of God, uh, they are to obey parents. So so it can't just be the kids go, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about eating green beans. You know, <laughs> well, that doesn't contradict what the Bible says either. That's it within God's will to take care of our bodies and things. So eat your green beans, <laughs> eat whatever, or, or those kinds of things. That's, that's a silly example, but I think it does prove the point that there are children, and it's sad, but there are children who their parents do not lead them in ways that are godly. But even those children, if their parents tell them to do something that is not against the will of God, that's a way for them to honor God by obeying those things. And I think it also speaks very highly of some young people who literally disobey their parents, but they're obeying God. That doesn't happen very often, thankfully, hopefully. among Hopefully that doesn't happen often with, with Christian children and Christian families. But I mean, there are some children who have to break the laws of mom and dad just to go to worship or just to read their Bible. And, you know, those, those children are amazing. I think, you know, it's interesting to always remember, especially when you're studying through a book like Ephesians, that it is written for anyone who's a Christian, not just someone who just happens to be brought up in a Christian home, who've never known anything different. And really, 
originally, you know, I think the book of Ephesians was written to people who were coming out of, they were pagans, you know, they, they worship false are. gods and they didn't have background with God. They had background with many gods. And, and so, you know, they were being converted and then all of a sudden here, what is this Christian life? How should we act? And a lot of, I mean, that's what Ephesians is. It's how do we act now that we're Christians and, you know, you have to wonder if there were children who are who were being part of the church or maybe you know maybe older children but their parents weren't and so you know it makes me wonder about things like that and exactly what you're saying about sometimes you you hopefully wouldn't have to disobey your parents just so you could obey God but that has happened before and it happens in a lot of places where missionaries work right it happens in a lot of places you know africa europe elsewhere where as you said you know a young person is converted but their, their family isn't but it happens here in, in america as well after after paul talks about obeying parents in the lord for this is right he then goes to the old testament in fact the ten commandments honor your father and your mother and I like that he says this is the first commandment with a promise. It's not the first commandment, but it's the first one that was given that said, by the way, if you follow this command, God gives a promise that you may live long in the land that your father is, or that, it, that may go well with you, I should say, or that you may live long in the land that your father is, is giving you. Now, today, God is not giving us a physical land. If, we, if children honor their father and mother, they're not going to get, you know, to go to Trinidad and Tobago or something like that. The promised land. The promised land or something, some beautiful, you know, Maui or something like that. But there is a sense in which children who honor father and mother, who obey their parents in the Lord, do have a better chance of living longer, uh, of being just ha- having wiser decisions, but also they're going to the promised land. They're going to heaven. Uh, it's it's in many ways the first real commandment that children learn to follow. Burton Kaufman, his commentary, spends quite a bit of time actually. For if, if you're familiar with his commentaries, he usually just speaks about something for a sentence or two. But he actually spends about a paragraph or so writing about this concept of how children who follow this command from Paul have a better chance of just living longer. Uh, it's it's not a guarantee uh, that you know a child who obeys their parents may still get killed in a car wreck. They may still have some disease. But it is amazing. Children who honor parents overall do seem to have good, long, healthy lives because they're making godly and wise decisions throughout uh, throughout their life, but especially as, as young people. They're setting themselves up then for wise adulthood because they're being as wise as they can be as, as children. That's the first commandment with a promise. Now, we hear this phrase, honoring father and mother. I'm going to ask you this impossible to answer question, Leah. What does that look like in daily living? Our kids are nine and eight. Does that mean they have to wake up in the morning and go, Mother, I honor thee? You know, what does that mean, practically speaking? I'm going to maybe say something that I've heard people say something negative about. Uh, a lot of times when I've read parenting articles on the Internet or in a magazine or whatever, when a child you know, says, Why do I have to do this? And they you know, may give the advice that you shouldn't say, Because I said so. Well, I think it's perfectly fine to say, because I said so, because I am the mother. And, you know, if you said that, of course, you are the father. That is what honor is about. And it may be very simplified, but at a young age, now we're not talking about older children, but at a young age, such as ours, eight and nine years old, it should mean something to them that we are their parents, that I am mother, you are father. And that means something to them as a symbol of authority and they should honor that and recognize that. And to me, that's for young children, that's where it starts anyway. They, they look at you as someone that is worthy of respect. Not that 
you are perfect and act perfect because that would be totally wrong in our house anyway, but that you are still their mother and their father. You bring that over. You take that same concept as adults. You know, when the blue lights flash behind you, you don't question the authority. You just pull over. Right. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, <laughs> something really bad is going on. Uh, but the same should be true. That begins, as you said, when they're children. And I think it is good at times to explain, here's why we think this is a good idea for you to do. But there's also times for them just to hear, you do this because the authority figure has said to do it. Right. Um, and it begins at that small age, young age, and, and moves up to where they do understand more and, and maybe maybe question some more. But there is a way to question in an honoring way still. It's not a, a back-talking kind of thing. Sometimes it's just curiosity speaking, and that's okay. But it, it's the way they speak about things. It is obeying, but it's also speaking well, just by coincidence, and it really is by coincidence, uh, last Sunday from when this podcast is being released, uh, I preached at Ninth Avenue on God's view of children, and one of the things I talked about at the end was this passage, at least a little bit, about children having responsibilities. And one of the things I, I tried to hit on, not for a long time, but just try, try to make clear was that there is no uh, part of this passage that is bound by location. It doesn't say, honor your father and mother when they're around. It's always honoring father and mother. So, you know, for any teenagers who might be listening, you know, how do you talk about your parents at school? How do you talk about your parents on Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and Yik Yak and Google Plus and there's 35 million more. I'm forgetting all of them. But yeah, how do you, or Tumblr and Instagram, and how do you, you know, talk about your parents? Do you honor them? Uh, in those areas? Or do you just honor them when they're there, which is absolutely the opposite of honor because you're being a hypocrite? Right. And so that's very important. But I also think there's something here very quickly. There's also nothing here about age. Uh, when, when you become adults and your parents are still living, or even really, frankly, if they're not, you may not have had godly parents, but there's something about them you can honor. There's some something, hopefully, they did that was worthy of honor, even though you know you're 40 and they're 70, or you're you know you're you're 50 and they're 85. Something they did or are doing is worthy of honor, um, and so we who are grown children need to continue to see those things uh, that honor our parents and continue to do that uh, throughout our lives. And, and again, frankly, even if your parents aren't still living, do you honor their memory by passing on things about them to your children and by? Uh, by speaking well of them in ways that you can speak well of them. Kind of sounds like something like a legacy or something like that that you might pass on to your children. And hmm. does that sound familiar? I'm, I'm formulating an idea for a website name. <laughs> give, give me a second here. I'm, I'm, I'm brainstorming live on the podcast. <laughs> legacy of faith. That would make, yeah, that would make that a good great. website name. What do you think? Let's, let's write that. Let's put that one in the old idea hopper and we'll, we'll workshop that. But later. really, that is the idea you're talking about. It's really how this idea was born was this idea of who you are being confident in that in in Christ and passing that on to your children and it being okay at least when I think about that it being okay that who you are if you're living right should be able to be passed down to your children right and and them in many ways even be better than you uh doesn't mean you're not doesn't right. mean you're you know you're trying to make mistakes so they grow from them but they see okay, mom and dad weren't great at this, but we can improve even on that. We can see the good things they're doing, and we can also do even better, and it continues to grow and mushroom, hopefully, uh, throughout the generations, where usually the opposite happens. Usually societies devolve right. uh, through, through the generations. Hopefully we evolve in many ways. I don't mean that in the scientific term, but we spiritually evolve uh, and go forward. Now, I mentioned that I wanted to get to verse 4. 
very quickly at the end, because I think it's interesting that after he's spoken about husbands and wives, or wives and husbands in order, and then children, he doesn't turn to fathers and mothers. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's the one verse in the Bible, Leah, I wish was not there, um, or I wish it was reworded. Uh, it was worded differently. But I think it's interesting that he has spoken to children, but he says, fathers, you have a part to play in this in some ways. It's not that children only honor their parents if their parents are worthy of honor all the time, but he speaks to fathers as a way to hold up something to honor. Uh, are we living dads in a way that gives our children something to honor? And I, I care which translation it is. I should have looked it up before we began. There's one translation that, that puts verse 4, fathers do not exasperate your children. Because dads are usually the ones, biblically speaking, they should be the ones who are bringing discipline into the home. Uh, we might even say order into the home. But it's easy to go over the line of that into uh, being a drill sergeant and the kids just get tired of everything and it's a very i'll just say it as a dad that's a very fine line to walk a very difficult line to walk but if it's done well then the fathers are worthy of that honor that he has just written about well you know and back in um you know when you mentioned that children should obey the parents in the lord and then when that verse says bring up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, it's the, instruction, the, English standard it's the same idea. If you think about your role as their father is an example to them about what the father is to us. And so if you're being, uh, if you're bringing them in the nurture and admonition, admonition of the Lord, then you have him in mind when you're rebuking them, reprimanding them, loving them, encouraging them, Playing with nurturing them, them whatever. Yeah. And you are being like God is to us. Now, he gets angry with us at sin. He chastises. Hebrews chapter 12 talks Punishes about. people, right. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love love us as his children. And so I think that's a, you know, a, a good way to look at that verse. All right, before we wrap up, can I, Leah, can I make one really, really, really obvious statement here and have you react to it? Okay. Let's put these three relationships together, wives, husbands, children. That's the, that's the ones we've spoken about the last three weeks. If wives are submitting to their husbands the way Paul requires and God requires through Paul, and if husbands are loving their wives the way God requires through Paul's pen, then shouldn't the children's job be a whole lot easier? It should. I mean, that's the most obvious thing I can possibly think of to say, but I don't think the order here is a mistake. If if the wives are doing their role, husbands are doing their role, and both doing the best they can, then children are seeing already what it means to be one who is in the Lord. And now, is, are they going to be perfect? No. But it's going to be easier for them to go to follow through and be obedient to parents, again, in the Lord, when they're seeing wives and husbands already doing that uh, for each other, to each other, and, and ultimately for other people as well uh, through, their, through their marriage and through their relationship. And so it should be easier for children who see this uh, to be raised in the Lord, but also be people who become those who are in the Lord. It's like we've mentioned in every podcast with the husbands, the wives, now the children, it was all to show the picture of the church. Even the children's relationship to their parents, the parents' relationship to the children is all to emulate to the world the picture of the church and the relationship between Jesus and the church and and God and the church. And you just cannot miss that when you read all of those. Every single one of them speaks of do it like Christ loves the church or respect uh, your husband 
and as as Christ was in submission to God, you put yourself in submission. You know, everything hinges on Christ, and the children are to be obeying in the Lord. But hus- the fathers are not to provoke their children, and but to train them in the Lord. Yeah. Every every single relationship is a picture of Christ in the church. So there you have our thumbnail sketch of what an Ephesians home looks like. We spent, again, the first week overviewing the book of Ephesians. We hope you enjoyed that sermon. And then these last three weeks, looking at these specific relationships, we haven't scratched the surface. We hope we've given you some practical things to consider about what God had in mind when he inspired Paul to write these words to wives, to husbands, to children. And we hope this encourages you and and your family. As I mentioned, this is our final podcast on the book of Ephesians. We'll be back next week uh, for, let's just say, a very special program. How about that? Is that fair enough? Great. All right, and Leah, it's been good to be with you again this week. Thank you. And we look forward to recording again next week, the final Thursday of the month of April. And until then, remember, your family can go to heaven. Just make sure you go there together.